Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It's totally free to subscribe. Social media posts only make it to approximately 10% of your followers. So this is my way of communicating with you more directly. I hope you enjoy. Subscribe. Welcome to the block. I wrote a letter last month exploring the conflict in the Holy Land, and that got me thinking about history, war, religion, human rights, and culture at a depth that I haven't dived to in some time. I've been mainly focused on my own world, paying attention to financial markets, technology, science, basketball, etc. In my world, these things are normal. In thinking about these existential topics, though, it became abundantly clear to me how little my world actually reflects the world. So I thought I would take a step back and use this opportunity to look at some of the demographics of our world and how it's changing over time. As of 2018, only 364 million people, or less than 5% of the global population of 7.6 billion, lived in North America. According to the UN, the largest five subregions in the world are Southern Asia, with 1.9 billion people, Eastern Asia, with 1.7 billion, Southeastern Asia, with 656 million, Eastern Africa, with 434 million, and South America, with 428 million. I've included in the text a map that shows the population by region as of 2018. Southern Asia is made up of mostly India, with a population of over 1.3 billion, or approximately 18% of the global population. Pakistan is the second largest in Southern Asia, with a population of 216 million people. Eastern Asia is made up of primarily China, with 1.4 billion, Japan with 127 million, South Korea with 51 million, North Korea with 25 million, and Taiwan with 24 million, among others. Southeastern Asia is very densely populated and highly diverse. Indonesia has the most people, 267 million, followed by the Philippines with 106 million, Vietnam with 95 million, Thailand with 69 million, Myanmar with 53 million, and Malaysia with, 50, with 31 million, and other countries as well. Eastern Africa is led by Ethiopia with 115 million, Tanzania with 59 million, Kenya with 53 million, Uganda with 45 million, Mozambique with 31 million, and Madagascar with 27 million. South America is led by Brazil with 115 million, Colombia with 49 million, Argentina with 44 million, Peru with 32 million, and Venezuela with 28 million. I've included in the text a chart that shows the relative size of the global population broken down by country. I've also included in the text a chart that shows the past and expected population growth by region through the year 2100. The projections suggest that the population of Asia will plateau somewhere around 5 billion people around 30 years from now and slowly decline from there. It also suggests the population of Africa will more than double to over 4 billion people by 2100. So now that we know where the people all are, let's talk about what those people believe. According to Pew Research Center, in 2015, Christianity was the world's top religion by population. Over 2.3 billion people globally, or almost one-third of the world's population, are Christians. 1.8 billion Muslims make up almost a quarter of the world's population. 1.2 billion, or 16% of the world's population, are unaffiliated, and there are over a billion Hindus, and over 500 million are Buddhist. Approximately 15 million Jews make up 0.2% of the global population. I've included a chart that shows this in the text. Over the next 30 years, Islam is projected to grow the fastest, at a rate of twice that of Christians, and eight times faster than those who are not affiliated with a religion. So the Christian's reign as the world's largest religion is coming to an end in this century. 
Around the time the population of Asia levels off in 2050, Islam will overtake Christianity as the world's largest religion, and the population of Africa will exceed that of Europe, North America, Latin America, and Oceania combined. I've included in the text a chart that shows the growth rate of the different religions. So historically, borders were set by religious tribes, and then empires spread and blended the cultures of their home and the cultures of the people that they conquered across vast swaths of the world. Today, we have national borders, but religion and culture are largely borderless, as many of these ideas and traditions have crossed the world thousands of times over at this point. This is obvious in the United States, as we welcome so many immigrants from different parts of the world who speak a wide variety of languages. I've included in the text a map of the prevailing languages spoken in different parts of the world. There are over 7,000 known languages alive in the world today. Of these, 23 languages have at least 50 million people who speak it as a first language. The largest is Mandarin Chinese, with over a billion people speaking it as a first language and over 200 million as their second language. Spanish comes in a faraway second place with over 500 million native speakers and over 75 million speaking it as a second language. Arabic and Hindi are close fourth and fifth. Both have over 300 million native speakers and another 250 million plus who speak it as a second language. Other notable languages include Bengali, French, Russian, Portuguese, Urdu, Indonesian, German, and Japanese, which each has over 100 million speakers around the world. English comes in third, with almost 400 million native speakers, but it has almost a billion people speaking it as a second language. Including those people, more people on earth know English than any other language. English is also spoken in over 100 countries around the world, followed by Arabic with approximately 60 countries and French with over 50 countries. I've included in the text a chart that shows the relative size of the different languages used around the world. So we speak all different kinds of languages, but English seems to be growing the fastest. This phenomenon is obvious when you compare the distribution of languages used on the internet with the distribution of native languages among the global population. Even though English comes in third in terms of native speakers globally, over half of the websites on the internet use English. And while over 15% of the global population speaks Chinese, only 1.7% of websites have content in Chinese. I've included a chart in the text that shows this breakdown. I've also included in the text a visualization of the internet users around the world as of 2012. You can see in the visualization that most of North America, Europe, Japan, Southeast Asia, and India are lit up, while much of China, Africa, and Russia are in the dark. I've also included in the text a visualization of the growth of the internet as a percentage of the population since 1990. You can see as the US, Canada, Australia, and Western Europe come online first, reaching 50 to 60% of the population using the internet by 2006, while countries like China and Brazil just reach 50% around 2014. I've also included in the text a global map of internet users by the percentage of the population as of 2015. Aside from the pale blue Nigeria and Western Africa, the whole African continent was under 60%, with only a handful of countries like Morocco and South Africa over 50% online. China was under 60%, while surprisingly, the United States had yet to reach 80% online as of 2015. Today, over 85% of Americans have access to the internet. I've also included in the text a chart that shows the growth of the use of the internet in developed and developing world since 1996. You can see in the chart, as recently as 2018, less than half of the global population was online while that number was over 80% in the developed world. Over the last three years, approximately a billion people have come online, with over 330 million people coming online for the first time in the last year. As of today, over 4.6 billion people, or six in 10 people in the world, are online. It seems obvious to point out, 
But the reality of our world is that it's made up of a highly complex and diverse mix of individuals and groups. These people come from all different places and backgrounds, eat different foods, speak all different languages, worship different gods, and enjoy different cultures. The internet is working to blend these people and their ideas exponentially faster than any emperors or religious prophets or the founding fathers of the USA could have imagined. As the internet spreads around the world and the free flow of information grows throughout this century, I think it's likely that future historians will look back and consider the creation of the internet to be the most influential event in written human history, and the third most influential event in all of human history. Right behind humans learning to control fire around 2 million years ago, and humans beginning to use spoken language approximately 150,000 years ago. As more of us become able to communicate and interact with each other online, across borders, languages, and religions, I believe more and more people will choose to celebrate our differences and collectively drive us toward a world of unity and abundance rather than one of nationalism and scarcity. We certainly have our differences. No one is denying that. But if we use it right, the internet allows us to actually see those differences and realize that different doesn't mean scary. It means unique and valuable. Until next time, blog. What's going on? Here comes your market close snapshot for Friday, June 4th, 2021. In U.S. bond yields and global equities, the U.S. 10-year and 30-year were both down. The 10-year was down 4.3% and the 30-year was down 3%. The Dow Jones was flat. The NASDAQ led the way on the upside, up 1.7%, and the S&P 500 was up 0.88%. In international indices, the Euro 350 led the way, up 0.78%. In the USA Big 8 stocks, Tesla led the way, up 4.5%, rebounding after it's been hit hard in the last few weeks. And Apple was up 1.9%, and Intel and Microsoft both had good days as well, both up 2%. In the China Big 8 stocks, NEO led the way, up 2.5%, up to almost $42 a share, and Taiwan Semiconductor was up over 2%. Um, it's been crushing lately. In U.S. banking, fintech, and crypto, PayPal was up 2%, and Bitcoin and Ethereum were both down over 5%, Bitcoin at 37000 and Ethereum at 2700 In mining, metals, and foreign exchange, the GDAX was up 1.3%, gold and silver were both up over a percent, and the dollar index was down almost half a percent. The dollar index is still hovering around 90 and the yen had a good day against the dollar, up 0.7%. And finally, in commodities, oil was up 0.7% to $69.38 a barrel, and copper was up 1.2%. Aluminum was up 2%, and corn and soybean futures were both also up over 2%. All right, thanks for joining. Talk to you soon. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. It's totally free to subscribe, and all my clients get the first year paid subscription free with any package purchased. With the paid subscription, you'll get investment research tips in real time to help you expand your wealth. I do the research so you don't have to. For those who don't know, I run Elbay Endeavors, a consulting company which helps individuals and entrepreneurs expand their wealth and businesses. We offer packages suitable for everyone from rising investors to Fortune 500 companies. No matter where you are on your financial or entrepreneurial journey, we're here to help you get to the next level. Download our free guide and schedule your free 30-minute consultation to get started working with us today. The annual subscription costs less than 22 cents a day. You really can't afford to be without it.